Sooner fans, Longhorn Nation, welcome to episode 69 of the Boomer Bevo podcast, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to covering the greatest rivalry in college football, University of Texas, and the University of Oklahoma. I'm here with my man, Kevin Miller, and for our, I am John Whitson, for our 69th episode We have a man that needs no introduction. He is the fourth most hated player by Longhorns in the Red River rivalry history. Buckus Award winner, Benaric Award winner, color analyst for the OU radio crew, host of the Afternoon Rush, uncle of future Oklahoma soccer player, and former drummer for the band Rage Against the HOA, Teddy Lehman. Thank you so much for being on our 69th Teddy. episode. What's up, gentlemen? What an honor. What well, an honor. The honor, um, is, the honor is all ours, Ted. Um, it can't be true. I can't be the fourth most hated. How, Kevin, that, there's no way that's right. Kevin, name them out. We talked about this. Well, listen, man. Here, here's why. Here, here's why. Obviously, you're a great player. I think Texas fans have an issue with that whole 4-3-40 segment. For some reason, we're still bitter about that. And it may yeah. be a certain play you made back in two thousand one that we're still that we're still butthurt about. Truly, you can understand that, right? Well, it's probably just like real fatigue from watching that Superman play every single year, nonstop. Man, that's, you, that's you can't escape it. You can't escape. And now I live here in Oklahoma, man. I, I seriously, the first time I met you, man, it all came rushing back to me. I'm like, oh man, I thought I got over this. It's PTSD. It's all over again. I feel man, it now. I'll tell you, it's crazy. It was well over twenty years ago, and I feel like. Every year, it's like a bigger thing than it was previously. It's it's weird, man. Uh, it it Ted, was an amazing play, and it still hurts. It still hurts. Ted, we beat down Oklahoma. Beat down Tulsa yesterday. Great call on the on the game yesterday. What were your thoughts on that game? Non conference play, and what do we need to get ready for as we head into conference play next week? I I thought all in all, it was it was really good. Um, I thought it was awesome to see all the young guys coming through. Um, man, offensively, how about the playmaking from Nick Anderson? Um, you know, it was good to see Sawchuck out there. I thought, um, you know, seeing Caden Green playing some guard, I thought was was really good. You know, Savion Bird, don't know what, what, what exactly is going on there yet. But um, I thought all in all was really good. Dylan Gabriel was fantastic, uh, continues to be fantastic. And I – if if we were complaining about being too conservative against SMU, well, that was not the case against Tulsa. They came out and they were letting it fly, all kinds of big plays. I thought offensively it was it was really good. Um, I would on the like defensive be, side, yeah. I would like to be the first to um, complain about us being too aggressive. I thought we were too yeah. aggressive. We took too many shots. Maybe we should, you know, just close the playbook up a little bit and get ready for. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you're going to talk about defense. When you talk about defense, you are the linebacker extraordinaire expert at Oklahoma. Danny Stutzman is the best linebacker at OU since. I don't Kenneth Murray, but well, that, that's I, almost too easy, right? I mean, that's almost yeah, too easy. But it's unfortunately, it's it's true, you know, because I different defenses, different I. Th- it's hard to do that, you know, and I'll say this. 
I don't know since when because the circumstances around it are are, are tough to to really compare players, but the dude is he's on a roll right now. He's playing incredible football. He um you know, he ended last year really good and he's picked up right where he left off. You know, if you include the back couple of games of last year and then the first three of this year, I mean, he's played five or six really, really good football games. Um, continues to make big plays, continues to make highlight real plays, has a command over the defense. He's way more physical than he was a year ago, and that comes from just knowing where he's supposed to be and playing square to the line of scrimmage. I, I, You can't say enough. Not only is he playing really good football, he's fun to watch, right? He's entertaining, which, you know, I, I don't – like he's the most entertaining player we've had on defense since maybe Eric Stryker. I made a bold prediction at the beginning of the year that he was a first-team All-American. I thought maybe I was reaching a little bit. After three games, is that as big a reach as we would we would have thought at the beginning of the season? I don't think first-team All-American. I don't think it's a reach at all. Um, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with how this team plays down the stretch and and kind of where we are. You know, whenever the season is, whenever we're starting to get into the real meat and potatoes and, and figuring out who's who's going where and who's going to be playoff teams, who's not, who's playing playing in conference championships. If he continues to play like he is right now, there's no doubt. Uh, without No question, first-team All-American type of player. Absolutely. Which, you know, is really impressive considering where he's come in one year. This yeah. time last year, there was a bunch of questions. You know, he was... He, he's always played hard. He's always run to the football. He's always done all those things. But, you know, there were so many, like, pre-snap issues that he was making things so difficult on himself. It was hard to it was hard to kind of know, like, if he gets it, like, you know, how far can he go? And, well, whenever you see what it looks like whenever he gets it, uh, sky's the limit. Hey, Teddy, I also – it looked like the pressure was there, too, from the defensive line. What did you think about that yesterday? Yeah, I thought, I thought pressure-wise. And continue – Teams three three teams in a row have played us, and they don't give us very many opportunities to pressure the quarterback. Boot, sprint, max protect, six man protection. Um, you know, getting the ball out of the quarterback's hand really quickly with three step stuff or just quick read stuff. That teams are not giving us an opportunity to just pin our ears back. You know, rush four against five blockers and and see what we could do. Which you know. That's a good thing. You know, that's a that means our defense and our defensive line are creating enough pressure to where teams have to really limit themselves offensively with what they can do in the passing game. So I I, I love what I've seen. I, I continue to to feel really good about where the defensive line's at. Yeah, things just seem to look a little bit more in sync last year. I know Venable's system can be a little complicated, right? You have to be in the right position. I don't it doesn't matter how athletic you are, especially at the linebacker spot, but I'm seeing this cohesion from the from the D-line to the linebackers to the secondary, everything just seems to be flowing better this year. Yeah, communication's better. Guys are lined up. You know, there's – I don't know how many times last year whenever you're you're watching games, there's like a scramble of the defense to get in position right as the offense is snapping the ball and guys are – you know, they're late. They're out of position because of it. They're lunging for tackles instead of being square in good position. So, yeah, all that stuff right now looks pretty good and obviously it's going to continue to ramp up right you know three non-conference games i think smu's offense is pretty good um the other two offenses we faced are are very limited so you know some things can be 
hard to gauge, but you can't you can't knock our guys for doing what they're supposed to do against the teams that they've played. Um, back to the offense real quick. They were humming, and and DG played his best game maybe as a sooner. I mean, he was he was fantastic. The receivers were fantastic. If there is a complaint or a pause, maybe it's the running game. What's up with Tawi Walker, and what's keeping us from that running game really popping and seeing some numbers that we might have expected to see against a defense like Tulsa? I think it's just the way people are playing us. Um, you know, teams continue to pile the box on us, and you know, whenever we're running the football, we're typically running it against a, an eight-man box where they've got us outnumbered. Um, I think that's going to change now. Yesterday showed that if if you're going to play us like that, here's our answer. We're going to absolutely torch you deep, especially if you got a guy like Nick Anderson, six four, and can run like he can. Uh, you better you better pick. You better give those corners some help, or we're going to absolutely torch you over the top. And you know if they're going to give the corners help, then all of a sudden the box looks really good for some bigger running plays. And the other thing is we haven't seen it yet, but it's going to come. When we get into conference play, and I, I think this week against Cincinnati, against a really good defense, the quarterback run game is about to start showing up. And as soon as the quarterback run game shows up and the numbers all of a sudden, even if you're in an eight-man box defensively, the numbers swing back into the offense's uh, favor. It's going to open things way up. It's going to make it more difficult. They're going to have to play the edges of our of our offense a little bit softer for the quarterback run game, and it's going to give those backs more creases. And I would imagine that's what having Jackson Arnold does, right? You can have more of a willingness to run Gabriel because if he were to get dinged up, you've got a more than competent backup. That's right. Um, <laughs> he looked good coming in, didn't he? Stepped out there, first throw, just throw a drill bit down the sideline for a touchdown, hit Nick Anderson in stride. Yeah, I'm I'm really pleased with where we are quarterback-wise. You know, I, I think it – Obviously, there's there's probably going to be a lot of talk about how good Jackson Arnold look and on that throw. And for some reason, we've got fans that are dug in on Dylan Gabriel not being any good. It, it I mean, it doesn't matter what the numbers look like. That's just what people are going to say. And you know, I, Teddy, it's they're, just, Teddy, they're they're out of their damn minds. They're out of their minds. That he is giving us, he is going to give us every opportunity to win a Big Twelve championship this year and get us to a playoff. Like, I, I don't know what you have to see. I mean, people talk about our long line of quarterbacks. Yes, he okay, he's not Baker and he's not Kyler, but he's almost as productive as Jalen Hurts was in college. Jalen Hurts, let's remember, was not the passer that he is with the Eagles. So he's right. given us every opportunity. Yeah, he's not Caleb Williams either. Those are three Heisman Trophy guys. But he's really, really good, dude. And he is becoming more and more accurate. His decision-making is there. And these dudes, you talked about it with the receivers – it's going to be another question of who's the number one receiver, not because nobody emerged, but because three or four dudes emerged. <laughs> and we and we still don't know who the number one receiver is. Like it's a good problem, not a bad problem. Right. No, I I totally agree. I think that I think Dylan Gabriel's been good. I think the the wide receiver showed up. I was a little worried last week, and I think it was just I think it was a point to play SMU conservatively. I don't know why. Um, I, I, I have no idea because they purposely didn't do the things that they did against Tulsa. I can't tell you why. I can't tell you why Nick Anderson didn't play. 
uh, hardly any snaps. I can't tell you why Jaden Gibson didn't play hardly any snaps and, and Barnes and Sawchuck and those guys. I, I don't know. And I really don't care. I'm way past that. Uh, they look great against Tulsa. Dylan Gabriel continue like he, this isn't a perfect team right now. There's mistakes out there. If you really want to dig in and find them, and I, I and I un- fully understand the competition level, but from what I've seen, I, I I have a real real difficult time being hard on anything Dylan Gabriel's done. Like most of his poor plays, which are very few or there's some type of outside factor, whether it's pressure, whether it's a bust, um, you know, by a receiver or a running back. I mean, rarely is there a clean pocket, open receivers, and he's just flat out not hitting guys. That I mean, what does that happen two or three times the entire season? I mean, that's going to happen when you, when you play college football. I mean, it's just how it is. And I feel like his guys are making plays on the ball this year. In addition to everything you just said, when he does put the ball up there – Gibson only had one catch, but it was a very competitive, over-the-middle, you know, athletic play. Um, and then, I mean, Farouk and Farouk and Anthony, my goodness, those guys are just playing. They're electric when they get the ball. And then we're not even talking about Nick Anderson yet. I mean, this kid's emerged out of, you know, the 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 hype for the last two years has been insane around Nick Anderson. And to see him finally emerge, um, I'm starting to feel better and better about the offense going, going into conference play. Uh, is there anything we should be worried about? Cincinnati just loses to Miami, Ohio. Anything that we need to be worried about as we approach Cincinnati? Offensive line. I haven't watched the, the, the Miami and Cincinnati game yet. The worst thing that could have happened was yes. what happened is Cincinnati loses to, to Miami. And I don't know what happened in that game, but I know what I watched against Pitt. And – that defensive line and the two inside backers, frankly, really their whole defense is legit. They are really good. They are – it's not even close the level of defensive line that they have compared to what we've seen. It ain't close. And there may not be another defensive line we see like it all year. The only other one that I would compare is maybe the interior of Texas with their two big guys. But outside of that, Dante Corleone – 320 pounds can run. I uh, they they are really good in the front seven. It's going to be a challenge. And that's why I think the quarterback run game is going to show up because we're going to have to find a way to slow those guys down a little bit and 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 swing the numbers back into our favor a little bit. And you know, and we're going to have to test it deep. And Gabriel's going to have to trust his wide receivers to go win one-on-ones. And, you know, with what they did against Tulsa, and, and you brought up the point about the wide receivers, and I talked about it on the broadcast, it, it it looks like a concerted effort for these guys to go and grab the ball. They're not waiting yes. on it. They're not catching it with their body. They're attacking it with their hands. And if you're Dylan Gabriel, you love to see that, and you're going to continue to build trust. What do you make of Texas this year so far? Uh, they look great against Alabama. Um, I was laughing whenever I saw Alabama in that South Florida. I was like, this is Nick Saban just trying to steal Texas's thunder, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's worth it to go out there and barely get past South Florida just so everyone will be like, well, is Texas really that is it really good? That good? Yeah. I, I, I think they're awesome. I, I, I think they, they look really good. I shouldn't have said awesome. I don't know why. Awesome's uh, a strong word, Teddy. That's I a did, strong I, word when we're describing Texas. That's I, not I don't really know what we're going that, for here on the Boomer Bebo podcast, but go ahead. Yeah. 
that uh, strike that from the record, please. Um, they look really good. What what worries me about Texas is the star power, and Sarkeesian as an offensive coordinator, I think is one of the best in the country. I think Lincoln Riley is right there at getting his stars the football with opportunities to go and and make something big happen. Um, I think the game against Wyoming, I, I didn't see much of it. It was on, I, I don't have Longhorn Network, but I listened to a lot of it on the drive back from Tulsa. And I, I kind of expected them to, to not play very good against Wyoming, right? You, you've got the big win against Alabama. There's a natural letdown. Um, kind of expected that. They separated in the end. Um, I think Texas, I, and this isn't just a Texas thing, but that Kansas game is, Kansas is a dangerous football team. Absolutely. And, and that's an interesting one right there with where it falls on the schedule. It's not not a good place for, for Texas with where it falls on the schedule. So um, I think Texas is dangerous. I think whenever that offense is clicking and Quinn Ewers is protected, Quinn Ewers, terrible whenever he's under pressure. Quinn Ewers protected, excellent. And there's a lot of quarterbacks that are like that, but you know, his eyes come down. You watch that Rice game where he got hit some early. His eyes are down on the rush the entire time instead of down the field looking at receivers. Um, I think that Alabama game probably gave him quite a bit more trust in the offensive line, but um, I think they're still probably building that. I think defensively, um, like for Oklahoma, whenever I'm just thinking about that game, it's going to be it's going to be a 50-50 ball game. Like, well, I think Nick Anderson, I think Farouk, I think some of those guys are good enough to go win competitive balls against their secondary. I'm not, I'm, I'm just, their secondary is just okay to me. I think the best part of their defense is the interior of their front seven, inside backers, inside defensive line. Well, when I think about yeah. the OU Texas game, Teddy, and you tell me, I think it's good on good on the other side of the ball. I, I look at Texas's wide receivers against our secondary. When we yeah. start thinking about how well Woody Washington's been playing, of course, we know Bowman's a star. We've seen Pearson start to start to hit boys. And then Gentry Williams having a really, really good game yesterday. Hopefully he's still not nicked up too bad um, against Jatavion Saunders and Worthy and Whittington and A.D. Mitchell. I mean, to me, that's a heavyweight matchup just just in the secondary, our secondary versus their receivers. Yeah, and I I feel better – with our secondary than I have in a long time, given those situations. Um, I think, I think the Sanders kid is a really dangerous weapon, but I also think he's a wide receiver playing tight end and that's good for them in the passing game, but he is horrible blocking does not want to block at all. Kevin, is that true? Is he horrible at blocking? Yeah, he's not very good, man. I mean, he, he's he stepped up his effort a little bit to become a willing blocker, but he he's not he's not very effective. He's obviously much more comfortable when he's split out, either when at people, H back or split out wide. Yeah, when you watch people that have good edge guys that attack him, he don't want anything to do with it. So I think that's an advantage for Oklahoma. Now, whenever you watch the first three games for Oklahoma, teams have had a very difficult time getting their tight ends out. Uh, into the route scheme because they have to max protect against our defensive line. I think Texas will be 
they'll be way better on the offensive line. So we'll see more straight drop back pass where they get everyone out. But that's something to watch. And I'm I'm just curious to see how see how uh, Brent Vittables plays that offense. It's it's going to be a chess match. But yeah, sure. uh, right now, I I think that you have to you have to look at it and say Texas has the edge slightly because of star power offensively. But if Nick Anderson continues to play the way he is, and you know we Jaden Gibson continues to be a a, poor, a a good part of the offense and quarterback run game, if we see the quarterback run game emerge against Cincinnati, I think that could level the playing field. Ted, we know that you've got to get uh, going because you've got your Oklahoma breakdown with Gabe Eichard to record here in a little bit. Man, we couldn't appreciate you more jumping on on our 69th episode. It means a lot to us. We know that that means a lot to you. Um, so again, man, we just really appreciate it. This was great. Uh, any parting words for the Texas fans that are listening today? Don't get too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. I know it's, I know it's fun. I know that the Alabama game was a huge win and it's fun to pound the chest a little bit, but don't get too comfortable. Look out for Kansas. Oh, I love it, man. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, and have a great Sunday, and uh, uh, have a great call next week during uh, conference play. We're excited for it. Thanks, Eddie. All right, fellas. Take it easy. That was good, boys. I think he thinks we're still going. I'm going to text him right now and let him know that I, I turned him off. What do you think? Can you hear me okay, yeah. Kevin? Yeah, 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 we're good, man. Yeah, great to have Teddy on. Yep, I'm going to send him a quick – everybody listening, send in a quick text message to Teddy and say thanks for jumping on, and we're going to keep on going. Hey, Ted, thanks for jumping on. We're just going to keep on going, but we appreciate you. Little little voice to text. There you go. How awesome was that? How yeah, awesome man. was that? Great to have a legend on, always. Dude, a Buckus Award winner? Are you kidding me? That is the power sure. of the Boomer Bevo podcast right now. That gets me fired up. Man, oh, did you man. see how you see how good looking he is? Man, it looks like he could still play, man. It looks like he could still yeah. go right now. Yeah. Like, uh, listen, you can say stuntsman all you want, dude. Put Layman back in pads. I'll take it. I'll take it right now. Oh my! God. I don't know if he will sign up for that. You know what I mean? After uh, you know so many years of football playing in the NFL, what did he do? Eight years in the NFL. It's a lot of football, man. Oh, it was great. It was great. All right. Uh, well, hey, dude. Let's uh, let's go through. Let's break down uh, last yesterday's games because there was actually a lot to talk about. We got to talk about though what is clearly continuing to be the story of the college football world, nay the sports world. There they are. There they are for everybody listening. Kevin Miller, like a child, has just put on sunglasses. Uh, Colorado with the comeback win. Double overtime, 43-35 against their in-state rival, Colorado State. Kevin, can this story get any better? Man, can it? I mean, it's been amazing, right? I mean, we talked about this before the season. I was excited about Coach Prime. We knew it would bring a big buzz to the program and to college football in general. And I told you how excited I was to watch Shadour Sanders play at this level. But no way that we thought – that they would start off 3-0. and And there's just no way, right? No. Especially beating TCU and then 
beating down Nebraska, their old arch rival, and then taking care of their other rival, Colorado State. It's been a dream start for them, and I'm just excited to see where it can go. Everybody's pretty much on board now, so let's just stay tuned and see what happens. Did the dream end when Travis Hunter got hit on the sideline? Uh, Was that the first quarter, second quarter? I know it was in the first half. Did the dream end there? Are we waking up for them as a stream, and is that going to affect them going to play Oregon? Well, yes, it will affect them. He's the best player on the football team, right? The best player in the country. He's a dynamic player. He plays both ways, never comes off the field hardly, plays special teams too, right? At a level, again, we haven't seen since Chris Gamble back in 2002, right? Obviously, it's going to affect them, but I was impressed with just how resilient they were. This is a well-coached football team, right? You usually don't see teams like that lose your best player. They're down. You know, Colorado State was playing really well, right? And for them to be able to come back down by eight, pen deep at their own two-yard line with less than two minutes to go, and for Shador Sanders to lead them right down the field, get the touchdown and the two-point conversion. It's unbelievable. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that I haven't seen out of Texas in, in, in a long time, that kind of resiliency. I haven't seen that since the you know, Colt McCoy days. So yeah, it's, it's I mean, incredible to see that in, in the coach's first year, to see that kind of resilient play from the, from the team. I mean, Oklahoma's seen that resiliency out of guys like Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. You know, I mean, that's the level of player it usually takes. to. And and it's not like Colorado State, they didn't make any ginormous mistakes on that drive. It was just Colorado making plays. And then to get to, I mean, once they got to overtime, you knew Colorado was going to win. Like once it was in overtime, I know it went to two overtimes, but I just never doubted it. Colorado was going to win that game. There was no other way for it to end. Yeah. They had a, a lot of confidence in Shador Sanders, man. Like I told you, we talked about him before the season. I told you how good he was. I just didn't know that he was that good. He's even better than I expected him to be at this level. And just so quickly, how quickly things are falling into place. It looks like they have an, a culture that's been established for years. So you talked about the Baker Mayfield and the Kyler Murray being able to win close games and battle like that. That's a culture that would have been built by Bob Stoops starting in 1999, yeah. right? So it's just been there, right? And Lincoln Riley, when he became the coach, it just kind of carried on. This is brand new. This is a brand new coach, brand new players. All these players are brought in from other programs, and it's just all fitting in together instantly. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like it. They play Oregon next week, uh, 2.30 central kick. Um, If they beat Oregon – the football world will lose their damn minds. Like they will just, we will completely melt down. And I don't, I listen, I don't know. I hate Oregon. I hate Oregon. So it's incredible. It's very natural for me to root for Colorado. So this is, this is because of 06, right? Is this the reason for your hatred of Oregon? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And their stupid it's uniforms. I'm done with the uniforms, dude. Like, come on. We we get it. You have a lot of uniforms. Stop it. Stop with well, the Well, you know, they're basically the testing ground for Nike. Yeah, Anytime no, Nike develops new technology, they roll them I out. I get there. all the reasons. The, the kids like it. The kids and, the, the, you know, the recruits. We're talking about, if you look at it from a 17-year-old kid's perspective, you like wearing different uniforms and all this stuff. Blue Bloods don't have to do that, right? Because we, we have tradition that has been there forever. Let's or, it's different. Oregon's just lucky they got into the Big Ten because they could be out there in purgatory. So yeah. just be just be happy where yeah. you're at, Oregon. Well, they are. They are. 
But yeah. to be fair, Dan Lanning's going to have them ready to play. That dude's That's psychotic. a good football team. He is psychotic. That's a good football team, man. They blew out, what was it, the Hawaii. Bo Nix, they've resurrected his career. Really wasn't working out for him at Auburn. He's been really good the last half of last season. Going into this year, dude looks like a legit potential All-American type candidate. He's having a great year. It's going to be a huge game. I can't wait to see it. Um. Rest of the around the rest of the country, uh, one of the games we picked, we both expected K State to roll Missouri. K State looked terrible in the first half. I, I have no idea what they were doing with some of their offensive and defensive plays. But then Missouri to kick a sixty-one yard game winner. I mean, holy crap, man! I don't know which what statistic is more amazing. Colorado doing a 98-yard drive with two minutes to go or a 61-yard game winner against a ranked K-State team. I mean, both okay. – that's insane. I watched, the, I watched the end of that game as it was happening, and Missouri was making so many mistakes on that drive. I mean, penalties, they're not managing the clock right, just all sorts of – they're not getting set for snaps. It just looked horrible. I'm like, there's no way they're going to win this game. And then I'm like – when they tried to the kid on the field, I'm like, 61-yard field goal. I mean, you might as well go for it. You have nothing to lose. But, man, what a kick. What a moment for them beating their, their old Big 12 rival. Oh, man. It, yeah. Okay. That was one where the SEC got over on the Big 12. Also, we picked – we both lost that game, by the way. We also picked uh, the BYU-Arkansas game. Is BYU not who we thought they were? 38-31 on the road? <laughs> And look, Arkansas, that's a tough place to go play, right? Fayetteville, those fans are insane. Texas knows we went there in 2021 and just got the crap beat out of us uh, by Arkansas. So for them to go there and win, I don't know, man. It looks like it's going to be a tough conference this year. Look, Even though there are some bad performances from the Big 12, we'll get into that, though. Well, we will get into that, but real quick, BYU seen, I, I mean, he picked across by, by nearly everybody as the basement of the Big 12 down there with Houston. Like, nobody was expecting anything at BYU. You have to look at it differently now, though, right? That game suddenly suddenly looms a little more tricky. I mean, because say what you want, Arkansas is still an SEC team. It was an SEC environment. It was on the road. It was a night game. Uh and they were every bit as physical as Arkansas was. This again wasn't some tricky, fluky, finesse type win. They were they were beating down Arkansas yeah. pretty good and kind of controlled the game. Yeah, and we talk about this with BYU, right? A lot of their players have gone on LDS missions. So by the time they get to college, they're grown men. So they always have a physical, I don't want to say an advantage, but they're not gonna get pushed around. No. They're not gonna get no. pushed around by anybody. Again, we talk about they have a level of maturity that most college players don't have. The other game we picked was an SC all SEC tilt. We did I did not see it coming. I you didn't pick you didn't pick Florida either, but how mm. did Florida do what they did to Tennessee? I I can't believe that. I can't believe that that just <sighs> listen. Is anybody in the SEC any good outside of Georgia? And then in parent and then in like parentheses or quotation marks, or whatever. Is Georgia that good after what happened with South Carolina? I mean, my mind, from this weekend, this was supposed to be an easy weekend. The bunch of teams just doing what they do and, and get to conference play. And then we see 
Florida upset Tennessee. We see South Carolina hang with Georgia. We see Alabama struggle against South Al- uh, against South Florida. What the heck is going on in the SEC, and what do we take away from it going into into Week Four? Yeah, man, it looks like. And did we underrate LSU? Did we jump off LSU's bandwagon too quickly after that um, loss against Florida State because they no, look pretty think, good? I don't think Mississippi State's any good. Me neither, but I mean, they just beat they did beat them down though. Yeah, maybe I'm telling you. The SEC is weird. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a weird, it, it, that's, I mean, they're still the best conference in college football, but why is Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State beating teams down and the SEC yeah. is not? Yeah, I don't just, know, man. I mean, the Pac-12 this year, they've got some really good teams out there too, right? And I'm not saying if you put, you know, all those teams against the, the SEC, but I don't know. They, they, that's a loaded conference at the top, man. And well, I think they're about six deep in that conference of, of really quality teams. Oregon, Utah, you have to add Colorado in there now. Yeah, USC, uh-huh. UCLA, Washington. Washington. Of course, Washington. Washington might be the best of the bunch. Washington yeah. could be. He, I mean, outside Caleb Williams, he's a he, Well, I don't know. Shadir Sanders is pretty good right now, too. Those three yeah. quarterbacks, though, and are fantastic. You can realistically see three or four teams winning that conference, and it would not be a, a surprise at all. You could see three or four quarterbacks in the in, in New York with those You're three right. dudes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? So That's the problem. It's going to be the, great to see how that unfolds. The problem with the SEC is there's no quarterbacks. You got the kid yeah. from you got the kid from LSU. I, I mean, right now, as I think about Georgia, you probably know the answer, but I don't know who the Georgia quarterback's name is. Yeah, the it, yeah, Carson Beck, but that's only because I follow him as a as a recruit, you know. But yeah, their offense doesn't look great. I mean. Their offense has never really been super dynamic, but Stetson Bennett, man, he would at least sling it down the field to those uh, dudes. We talked about with uh, Teddy earlier, we talked about Cincinnati getting beat. Not good for Oklahoma. We do not need Oklahoma rolling into that game. Anyway, the rest of the, the country kind of did what they were supposed to do. I went two and three. You went two and three. On the season, I am 10 and five. You are eight and seven. If you're listening to the Boomer Bevo podcast, you are making money. It's that yes, simple. Using our picks, yeah. It's an easy, easy, easy decision to listen to the Boomer Bebo podcast. Do not hold us responsible for any picks, and nor do we advocate gambling. Um, right. Real quick, real quick. I yeah. want to get into the Big Twelve before before we go on. Oh God, you talk about team. you talk about Oklahoma State. <laughs> yes, I mean thirty-three to seven to South Alabama. What are they doing, dude? I don't know. They gotta they gotta figure out who's their quarterback. You can't be rotating three guys. This is not going to work. It's not sustainable at all. It, it, it's it's just stupid. Like, if yeah. I'm an OSU fan, I mean, Gundy has done some antics and some tricks over the years that, you know, whatever. People get, you know, they'll end up, they'll either defend them or it'll bug them or whatever. But this one, this is a bit much, right? I mean, Correct. what is he even, doing? Even for him, yeah. Pick a quarterback, man. If, if, if it's your son, play your son. Because the other kids play them, but pick one. And then Iowa State, you lose to my to um who did they lose to? Ohio, the Ohio yeah. Bobcats. Man, rough, 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 man. Uh no, it's not it's not good. The big but I feel like I have to say this every episode, but I'm going to say it again. It underlines what Oklahoma and Texas have to do in this conference. The two of us have to roll this conference. Neither will never have a better year to roll 
through a conference for the rest of our existence than we will this year right now because the Big 12 is terrible. They're just not very good. Again, could BYU, look at them. Could they sneak up and get a win? Maybe. Could K-State give you all problems? I guess. Um, Texas Tech looks like they've got dudes, but they haven't put it together yet. Uh, But still, dude, you got to win these games. Oklahoma and Texas have to win these games because they're just – Look, Cincinnati lost to Miami of Ohio. Like, you just – I don't care. I mean, Teddy yeah. raves, raved about their defense just now, but I can't I can't unsee that score. So – Yeah, and it's I not like they got Ben Roethlisberger. Remember Miami of Ohio when they had him? It's not like they got Ben Roethlisberger playing quarterback for him. Cincinnati. Oh, those can't, were the can't old days. Was that the Mac? Yeah. Now, who was the, uh, who was the quarterback that they carried – down uh it went in oh the that was leftwich yes byron leftwich yeah. what a great game i yeah. watched that game live and they're carrying it down yeah, and he's picking oh my god dude the mac back then had some players man was Pennington? Fun. yeah wasn't chad pennington in that league yeah uh-huh yeah he played for yeah. marshall as well he was before leftwich oh uh-huh oh those are good, good times, times man good times. um real quick shout out to our sponsor brown o'haver uh they are public insurance adjusters for the insured So if your insurance company is handling your own insurance claim, like Mike Gundy is handling the quarterback situation at OU, I mean OSU, maybe you should consider giving Brown O'Haver a call at 405-735-5510. They work for the insured, not the insurance company. They will make sure that the insurance company is not messing you around like Mike Gundy's messing around with the quarterback situation. Instead, they will work to get you paid, paid more quickly. On average, Brown O'Haver gets their clients 30 to 40% more than they get on their own. Give Brown O'Haver a call, 405-735-5510. You know, I don't know that we need to go into a full breakdown of the OU game, so I just want to rattle off just a couple of my thoughts uh, that we didn't cover with Teddy, and then we'll talk about Wyoming and Texas. Um, I'm concerned about the running game. Um, I don't. I still don't know what happened to Tawi Walker. I even asked Teddy just there, and he didn't even really answer it. So I, I don't know if he was hurt or if he was suspended, the other guys are not as good as him right now. They're just not. And I'm glad that Barnes got some run, but even with the run, you know, he 13 for 68, 5.2 yards per carry. Not a bad, not bad. stat line. Yeah, not bad at not all. a bad stat line, but not, he still doesn't have those explosive runs, man. He doesn't have yeah. the, the top end speed. Um, and so that's an issue defensively though. Holy crap, man. Five interceptions from five different dudes. I don't even know the last time Oklahoma had five interceptions. It's a lot of interceptions, man. And for, I mean that, that quarterback that they started off. Oof. I mean, whoo. I mean, first as my daughter would say, the whoa. first yeah. yeah. First three drives. Pick, pick, pick. Right? The smartest thing they did was bring in the other kid. I know he turned it over twice too, but at least he yeah. gave you something. But he came in and Oklahoma did their defense didn't make like an immediate adjustment and they picked up a little bit of steam, got two scores out of him. Uh, right. But then kind of once OU settled in on what his tendencies were, it looked like they shut that down pretty quick, but yeah. Um, I don't know. Great team win again, Oklahoma, at least especially defensively over all three games is doing exactly what you would hope they would have done with this, with this schedule offensively two out of three games, they did what they needed to do. Um, Anderson was fantastic as a receiver, but I, I'm telling you what, Farouk 
might be the edge for me right now on number one receiver because he just seems really consistent right now. He's a playmaker, and I really like what he's doing. But I like – that's not – dude, Andrew Anthony stepping up. The speed on that guy is fantastic. Yeah. Um, I think you're looking for a guy when you need a play. We got to have it here. It's third and four and a huge moment, and we got to get a first down. Who's that guy? And it, maybe it is Farouk for you guys, right? The pro- I mean, the reality is we haven't had that problem. Uh, except against Correct. SMU, I guess, and Farouk made the play right to get us up. Yeah. Uh, so maybe, yeah, maybe it is Farouk. And then, and look, dude, don't forget, Stutes had eight. He had eight catches for fifty-three yards and two touchdowns. Is all that dude had. So I don't know, man. Oklahoma looked really good. Uh, I'm the running game just makes me nervous. If the defensive line is as good as Teddy says they are at Cincinnati, um, I want to see more production. And I am I. Going crazy about not knowing what happened to Tawi Walker. Do you know what happened to Tawi Walker? Uh, no, I have no clue. Okay, I'm just making sure I didn't miss something because. So, so did he not play at all yesterday? I don't. He didn't get any carries. Okay, so interesting after having a hundred yard game the week before. I did. Yeah. So um, that's that's what I'm saying. All right, that's Oklahoma. Uh, we talked a lot about it already with Ted. Um, let's jump over to Wyoming. Uh, dog fight for three quarters. You did Listen, not pick. You did not pick Texas to cover, but did you expect it to be that prickly heading into the fourth quarter? No, I did not. I thought it would be a game where they would take an early lead and just kind of maintain it by running the ball. It was interesting, man, because it, it got nervy there for a little bit. I texted you. I'm like, man, I don't know. I had a bad feeling about it. They were they were up ten seven in Wyoming. We punted to them, and they drove it all the way down. I mean, they were in the red zone. And at that point, we haven't really done much of anything offensively. If they would have got a touchdown there, I mean, like I said, I I was way more nervous than I thought I would be uh, with, with this game. So it was just Sark in his press conference, right? He mentioned a, a Mac Brown quote after Texas beat Ohio State in 2005. And the, the game after that, they had a bit of a letdown performance too. And Mac Brown said, we didn't play well because our backs were sore. Our backs were sore from everybody patting us on the back all week and telling us how great we were. And that's pretty much that, what happened. That's Teddy exactly, said that too. That, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. man. I mean, it, it's it's a huge game. You're on all the shows. Everybody's talking about you. You did great all on campus. All the students, everybody you run into is telling you how awesome you are. And, and yeah, it just lacks focus. And you can see it from the jump. We go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama the week before. We have no pre-snap penalties. Okay. We're at home against Wyoming, and we have a false start on the first play of the game, right? We just weren't settled, weren't ready to play, weren't super focused. So I'm just glad they're able to get the win. You know, it, it's it wasn't a great performance, especially offensively. We let we allowed them on their first drive a 62 yard touchdown run. I don't think we even touched the running back on that play. Either. Uh, what were what were Quinn's stats? Man, they were not good. Let me get them. I got them here. So we had bad Quinn yesterday. Bad. We Quinn had bad Quinn. You know, and, and you asked me that, and, and your credit, you said, "Are we going to get good or bad Quinn?" I'm thinking like, maybe that's maybe bad Quinn is done, and I, and I was wrong about that. You were right. I've got Quinn Ewers. Give me one second here. I like it when I'm eleven. Right. To, I got I like eleven to twenty-one. About, I like it when I'm right about Quinn Ewers. Yeah, more than when I'm. And wrong. here's the thing. You know, well, his what was his it again? Say it again. Say it again. I'm okay, sorry. eleven of twenty-one. Okay, eleven of twenty-one for one hundred and thirty-one yards with two touchdowns. That's terrible. No. Yeah, the eleven to twenty-one. Now, look, if the game plan, he only threw twenty-one passes, right? 
Yep. But 11 of them, and he's missing guys. And we had drops. So he there was some time we had guys open, and he's just throwing over their heads, just missing guys. And then we had some drops, too. So I don't know, man. I did not like the performance from the offense at all. Thankfully, they got the running game going with Jonathan Brooks. He finished with 21 carries, 164 yards. He had Ooh. a big 61-yard run there you in go. the fourth quarter. It really busted the game open. So, again, he looked good running the ball. The offensive line was okay um, with the running game, but the passing game just wasn't there. I mean, it sounds uh, like the it sounds like the defense traveled because how much how many points did Wyoming put up against Texas Tech for comparison? Oh, I think what they had thirty something. I think they were yeah. it was in the thirties. Oh, the them. issue yeah. wasn't the issue wasn't on the defensive side of the ball. It was all offense. No, just no, not, yeah, yeah, correct. They they let that big run happen on Wyoming's first drive, sixty-two yard touchdown run. And then after that, they only got a field goal for the rest of the entire game. So the defense was good. Um, they covered well. They gave up a lot of short passes. I think that was just part of the game plan. But, yeah, the defense was fine. The defense was fine. It was just kind of just sloppy all around. Who do you who do y'all have next week? Who do you open in conference? Play? Baylor. First Big 12 game on the road in Waco. <sighs> We're going to get to that preview, but – for Texas's sake, it's time to get refocused, right? You got to wipe Absolutely. this. You got it, it's yeah. yeah the the, the backslapping needs to end. Like hopefully this is. I say hopefully. I hope you. Lose. I was rooting for Wyoming, but hopefully you wipe that. You know the backslapping away, and y'all get back to it because Baylor is Baylor hung with Utah. They really, really did. Okay, like that was yes. a close game. You we know Utah probably doesn't have the the uh, skill talent that Texas has. But they have every bit the offense and defensive lines and, uh, you know, fundamentals and, and toughness. Dave Aranda always does a pretty good job of game planning against Sark. Last year, it got to the point to where he had Quinn so lost out there that they just ran the ball. And they just ran, I mean, which I think you should do all the time. Why not? Because when you but, have B. John Robinson, yeah. You yeah, and Roshan. Yeah, they just ran them and ran them and ran them and ran them and ran them. I think there was one point we had 20 straight runs. And I had no problem with it. So it's going to be a good game plan. They got to get refocused. And one thing that cannot happen with this team, and I've already seen it twice, you cannot play down to your level of competition, right? Now, that you may have gotten away with it against Wyoming, right? But once you get into the conference, no. you're going to have better players, right? You have better players and, and teams that know you and coaches that know you. Correct. And coaches that can scheme against you. Everything yes. just gets – it just gets more – it gets tighter. It just gets yes. tighter. You can't play down to what you think Baylor is because you will lose. Simple as that. Against any team in the conference. Isn't that, isn't that insane that you can come off a week where you, you feel like you can beat anybody in the country and then you yeah. play a Wyoming game and you're like, God dang, now we got to play freaking yeah. Baylor. It was 10 in the fourth quarter. Nothing is better than college football. The swings no. of emotions. It's like it's like being on a golf course. You know, you make a birdie and you follow it up with a bogey, and you're like, "Oh my, I, I was great, and now I suck." And that's no, kind of how yeah. college football is. Um, yeah. With this season, we saw this a lot yesterday, right? Teams, Florida State almost lost to Boston College. Right? Listen, this a this lot was of close games. This was from supposed teams that to weren't be supposed to be a routine week, and everybody got put on notice. Every yeah. single team, whether they – I mean, I say that except for the teams in the Big Ten. Yeah. The teams in the Big Ten took care of business. Yeah. Um, Iowa took care of business. Uh, I don't even see the 
Michigan score here, but I know Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State. You know, it's like thirty-one-six. Yeah. I mean, not not a huge beatdown. It was Bowling Green there, and that game was pretty close early. Man, I tell you, I think through like halftime. We do have conference play starting. Oklahoma takes on Cincinnati, so we both have road games. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens to the rankings after Tennessee's loss. Uh, if that bumps Oklahoma up any, you know, we actually won last week and covered the spread and fell because of Colorado, uh, which is fine. I think Colorado is going to get that hype um, benefit. I'm curious to see if they bump up any. Yeah. Uh, Oregon is what, like 11th right now? I think they were 13th yesterday. So at best, it's a top 25 matchup. If if Colorado beats Oregon, you're talking top ten matchup, right? Yeah, they're going against to the USC. 10. Yeah, they're going. Yeah, yeah, they're absolutely going into the top ten. Is there an early line on that game? That's gonna be that's gonna be a fun game, man. I I can't wait to see because now they're not taking they're not surprising anybody at this point. Everybody knows what it is, right? So Oregon's gonna be ready to go. Colorado's going to be ready to go. You know what the spread and is? You know what? No. Okay, do you know? Okay, you want to guess what the spread is? Um, I'll say Oregon minus three. <laughs> 17 and a half. 17 and a half. Let me see when this article was written. Let me just make sure. Wow. Yeah, September 17th at 2.49 a.m. I'm on uh, action. <laughs> actionnetwork.com so okay. I mean, maybe let me just double check let me check no 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 i mean hey you just never know what vegas is thinking right uh 19 and a half on uh DraftKings, which is what we go to okay is is um well first of all they that means vegas does not respect colorado's wins to this point and i think they're um i think they're concerned about travis hunter being hurt yeah, I mean, they do the so dynamic, man, as a receiver and as a corner. But, man, the, I don't know, the toughness of that team. Now, look, they got to get better. They're not great up front on on either line. They struggle protecting Shador. He took some hits. Some of them were a little bit dirty by, by Colorado State. But he's taking a lot of hits, man. That's my only concern about him, especially when they go up against the type of talent that Oregon has up front. So, from the skill position wise, I think Colorado's guys can play with anybody, but we all know these games are won and lost in the trenches. So that, that might be their biggest downfall in this game, but I'm looking forward to watching it. Hey, it's going to be a great week. Um, everyone out there. Thank you so much for listening to the Boomer Bebo podcast. Again, a big thanks to Teddy Lehman, Lehman for jumping on. That was awesome. Uh, we've got week four coming up. We'll do our preview. It'll be a, basically a conference preview because it'll be our first conference games coming next week. Kevin, I cannot believe it's already week four. It's blowing my mind. It's it's going. <laughs> yeah, it's so quick, agonizing, man. slow, and then way too fast, all at the same time. And I I can't stand it. But uh, dude, listen, we got. Hey, both schools made it through non cons, no major injuries. We're ready for this run. Oklahoma needs to do it. Texas needs to do it. Let's get it. Boomer, real quick, man. Real oh, quick. hey, Texas. you gave me a premature boomer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more thing. Yeah. Oh, you can say you're oh. assuming you you guys say that all the time. First so of all, it's okay. I can say- First of all, I can say Boomer whenever I want. But yeah, go exactly, ahead. Exactly. Go ahead. Go Texas. ahead. This is the first time Crazy in the Boomer Bebo podcast, though, that I've let out a premature Boomer for the record. Right. Got excited three, by episode Texas 69. Texas 3-0. 3-0 for the first time since 2012. Can you believe uh, that? 
What happened to the twenty twelve? What happened to the twenty twelve OU Texas game? I'd rather I don't know. I've I've put that out of my mind completely. That was a beatdown, wasn't it? Oh my goodness, yes. Okay, that's why I said I put it out of my mind completely. Yes, I asked that pretty quick, and I wasn't sure. Oh no, no, it was. Uh, 66 to 17. What was the score on that one? 62-13. 62-13. 63, no, I'm sorry, 63-21. 63-21. It wasn't even a a great OU team either. Uh, Didn't Oklahoma run back like a two-point conversion too on you guys? Or was that Texas? Who ran the two-point conversion back? I know there was a a run two-point conversion back in that game. Do you remember that? I don't remember much about that game. Was that the game when Damian Williams had that 98-yard touchdown run? Was that that one? 95, yep. 95-yard. Blake, like, Blake Bell with the Belldozer, four touchdowns. God, what a – yeah. Dude's still doing great for Kansas City. He's still doing really, really good. Although Travis Kelsey's back now, um, apparently dating Taylor Swift. For all you Swifties out there, if you didn't know this, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. I like it for these Possibly kids. I'm excited yeah, for him. Yeah. Have fun. Listen, you play sports so you can date girls like that. Like, that's what you do. That's Let's the whole first. reason. Yes. And then, you know, famous singers love dating athletes. Just what it is, man. 100%. I mean, that's the way yeah. the world works. Like, I can't apologize for how the world works. That's it. So you just embrace it. You celebrate it. I mean, she's going to write a song about him, what, in like six months, though? Yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. He could say, "Hey, that song's about me, guys." And she'll make another three hundred million dollars selling out tickets. It's yeah, she's yeah, listen, man. dude, unstoppable she, force right now. I think she's kind of different, but clearly different in a good way because that girl just keeps getting paid. Um, all right, dude, listen. If I close this up now, can I say boomer, or are you going to like want to keep talking? Well, you know, I could talk all day about college football, man. This is what we well, do, real man. quick, we wait all, we wait all you know year what? for this. Wait, you know what? It's our yeah, and it's our podcast. We can do whatever we want. Uh, Cowboys, who are they playing? Do they play today? Uh, yeah, they play the Jets. Yeah, I know. It would have been so epic with Aaron Rodgers, right? Do they beat the Jets down as bad as they beat the Giants down? I don't think so because the Jets' defense is so good. I think it'll keep them in any game. So, but I don't I don't see how they get points, man. Zach Wilson against that Cowboys defense, that is a ferocious unit, man. And I think they can get pressure on any quarterback they play this year. So, again, I think Jets' defense is outstanding, but – I don't see how they score with Zach Wilson playing quarterback. Micah Parsons is unblockable. Yeah. He's unblockable. Like, I, um, you had mentioned uh, uh, Lawrence Taylor. I'm sure there's other guys out there. But right now, he is that dude that is just unblockable off the edge. It is just Correct. unbelievable to watch. And I, I use the Lawrence Taylor comparison because they move him, the way they move him around, you don't know where he's going to be. Right, like we talked about how Joe Gibbs developed the H back position to follow Lawrence Taylor around. Yeah, so he de- he demands that kind of attention, and they use him all over. He could play on the edge. He could play. He can rush from standing up in the middle of the defense. So there's nowhere he can't be and be effective as a rusher. And he can drop into coverage. He can do it all, man. I'm just glad he decided to go to Penn State and not Oklahoma when he was a recruit because he was, was that close. Was he that was considering OU, yeah. Yeah. Was that during Grinch? No, it was before that. Okay. I can't imagine. Well, well, I can't yeah, imagine. I, think, I can't yeah, imagine I a high level. I can't imagine a high level dif- defensive recruit considering playing for Alex Grinch. Like but that can't. That's, 
Yeah. They're so bad, man. <laughs> just... You know what? I, but I will say, though. What are you going to say? Gotta... Please tell me what you're going to say to defend his, Alex Grinch's defense. Hold on. In your first year, you played a pretty good defense. You get... Man, you guys sacked Ellinger like eight times that game. In Y'all were terrible. Y'all were t- Tom Herman was a terrible coach. He was, especially the offensive line. Herb Hand, the offensive line coach, should have been fired right after that game. Yeah. That, that, it's like they didn't watch any of this. Like, you know they run stunts, right? They run the same stunts every game. And our offensive line looked like they had never seen any of it. Yeah. No, I don't I don't give Grinch any credit for that. I it's how bad y'all y'all were terrible under Herman. It was a it was a Mickey Mouse operation. It was I wish he would have been your coach for 10 more He's years. It's so interesting though, because he always his teams were always physically ready to play, but man, the, the mental side of it, man, just was not there. No. Wasn't there at all. No, and that's why y'all lost to teams like Maryland and stuff. You had no right. business losing no business Mar- losing twice. to those teams. Yeah. Twice. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Maryland was terrible, dude. They weren't even like kind of terrible. Good. Yeah. Um, let's see. Anything else in uh, pro football? Any other matchups today? I don't know. I just like the I like the multi view on YouTube. Yeah, I like yeah going, exactly, man. I, I like going up four games. It's fun, man. It's fun. This season, though, with college football, it has an 07 like feel to it. You remember that? It seemed like every team that was ranked number one lost. This it looks wide open. Georgia to me, and I know it's hard to keep motivated when you won back to back natties, but they just don't look at, right now as a they, three. They don't look like a great team. They, they look, look like an elite team. They look gettable. Yes. They, I after the first three weeks, I am not. I would not be shaking in my boots to go play that Georgia team if I'm. No, over. everybody looks like they can get got this year. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be crazy. They're going to be upsets. And I don't even know if we're going to be able to consider them upsets, right? Teams are just going to lose games that they, on paper, shouldn't be losing. And I'm here for all of it, man. I love it. It's a great. It's a great. It's a great year so far. Our two teams are right where they need to be, and I cannot wait for next week. All right, Real man. Quick, though. There it is. Next week. Look, man. Hey, look. Next week. Just a quick preview. We got some huge games. Have you looked at the schedule for next week? The national schedule. No, give it to me. Week four? Man. Yeah. Right. Florida State at Clemson. Uh, Ohio State at Notre Dame. Do I have to do early picks here? No, Clemson, no, no, not at all. Clemson is no. unranked. When's the last time Clemson was unranked? Man, That's insane. Know. Clemson unranked, yeah. that's what jumps out at me right, right away. Seriously. Mississippi, Alabama, Colorado, Oregon, mm-hmm. Utah, UCLA, uh, LSU right. should roll that Arkansas team. Penn Oregon State, State, and State Iowa. Oregon State, Washington State? Yeah. Ohio State at Notre Dame, man. Oh, Top that's 10 fantastic. That's yeah, we've got a huge week coming up, so stay tuned. Our preview episode coming up. We might uh, have to pick. out late Wednesday. We might have to pick more than three games. We can pick as many as we want, man. We might have to pick more than three games because I would want to pick Ohio State. I would want to pick Utah, UCLA. I'd want to pick Bama, Mississippi. I definitely want to pick Colorado, Oregon, especially if the spread stays at 19 and a half. And then Florida State, Clemson. Man, those hey, God, that is a great line. Yeah, and look, look, I know Clemson has been struggling, but we'll see. That offense is going to get going. No, it will not. Why, 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 why do you think it's going to get going? What there is nothing that indicates it's going to get going for the last three years at Clemson. We got a new coordinator and I know you hate him because of his last name. No, no. I listen. I thought he was going to be good, but 
clearly there's some either it's a talent deficit or they've got some sort of philosophy. Their talent is issue. Their lack of playmakers is a little bit alarming at the wide receiver position. Is is Ugalele still having a still having a pretty good season? Yeah, he, he's all right. I mean, his completion percentage wasn't there yesterday, but he's doing much better than he did at Clemson. That's for sure. Oh my god, dude! They they did that boy wrong because I think he was a better they quarterback. Did. And he, and they just kind of kept stringing him along and just not. I don't know. I just not like. I did not like the way they handled that. And I think yeah. it affected. I think it affected them recruiting other quarterbacks. I and, really and, yeah. And and their scheme has not been good for years, right? They just had so much good quarterback talent that it's kind of masked how poor their scheme was. Well, because even think, with Trevor Lawrence, and you think about what Garrett Riley did in one year at TCU. One year at TCU, right? And TCU, you can't for a minute, begin to say their roster was loaded. Nobody would have said that going into last year. So to not be able to kind of turn that around with what you anticipate would be a more talented Clemson team is it's concerning. I would be concerned if I'm a Clemson fan. It makes you wonder, yeah, is is there some kind of deal with him and Dabo where, you know, because the offense, the head coach still can put the clamps on the OC and be like, I don't want you to run this. Don't spread it out too much. I'm just curious what that dynamic is. We'll never know, but it just makes you wonder. You know what, dude? That was what was always so nice about Bob Stoops is Bob Stoops never made excuses for his offense scoring. Like his philosophy was, if I score more points than the other guy, I win. Correct. He's a defensive-minded coach. Yes, and he said, I want to bring in the guy who I hated facing the most. Yes. Who would I hate to coach against? So Mike Leach. So when they talk about about clamping down, I mean, I don't know – he only won 160 games. I mean, maybe he could have won more national champ, but the defense wasn't the issue in national championship games. You know, no. like um, two of those could have, should have been wins against LSU and Florida. We got rolled by a great USC team, but you know, all those other games, dude, it wasn't Bob Stoops didn't lose because we were outscoring guys. That's yeah. not why they lost. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, that, yeah, man, what a great week. I did not realize I just got so caught up with the fact that these games were so weird that I, I didn't even think about week four. Man, this could be fantastic. Um, we'll see you right, Wednesday, man. man. We'll, we'll do it this week, and we'll, we'll get a preview episode up. Hey, listen, I, this is a Stay challenge. Tuned. My challenge to you, Kevin, and every Texas fan out there, is Oklahoma just got represented by a Buckus Award winner. Who are you going to bring to the Boomer Bebo podcast? Well, first of Ga- all. Gauntlet is thrown, Kevin. Gauntlet is thrown. Live, we live here. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't and care about home field advantage. You either really? win or you lose. You either win or you lose, Kevin. Okay. I just won today. I won and you <laughs> lost. It's that simple. It's that simple. I think, I think, I think Ted Lemmy likes me more. I, dude, I know he like everybody likes you more. Nobody listens to this yeah, to man. listen to me. They like you more. Uh, yeah, on the radio, there were comments that like, oh, well, Kevin does great. You know, John does pretty good on the radio, too. No, no, no. We really like Kevin. You know what? Screw it. I got Teddy Lehman. Win for me. Boomer! I'm going to say it right now. Get off this. Boomer! Hook him, man. Hook him. See ya.